Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sug Talks, the official podcast of the UK and Ireland SAP User Group, a not-for-profit membership organisation designed to help you get the very best out of your SAP systems. Our focus is bringing the whole of the SAP community together so our members can learn, network and collaborate to improve their organisation and make their job easier, providing them an independent channel through which to influence SAP. I'm Craig Dale, your host and Chief Executive of the User Group, and together with our special guests, we'll take a deep dive into topics, challenges and opportunities facing SAP users today. Today's topic of discussion is the journey to SAP S4 HANA, and this is the first episode of two, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Dawn Ingle, IS Director of Shoesmiths, Trish Griffiths, Head of Finance Systems at Nats, and also Co-Chair of the User Group's S4 HANA Special Interest Group. Oliver Betts, Senior Vice President, Head of Industry and Product Management for SAP S4 HANA at SAP. And Rianta Rana, Ray, to those who know her, who is the SAP S4 HANA Movement Lead for SAP in the UK and Ireland. Well, firstly, thank you all for joining me today. And before we move on to our main topic, I'm interested to find a little about each of you. Over the new year, I was contemplating some of the past events, which, of course, we've not been able to have, and the sing-alongs that's often accompanied them. Some of mine have been documented at the annual conference, and believe me, they're awful, to say the least. So my question to you is, if you had to sing karaoke, what would be your song of choice? So I'm going to start with you, Trish. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, pink, get the party started. Oh, like it, like yeah. it. Nice, <laughs> nice kickstart. I like that one. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a tricky one. So, um, changes on a daily basis, but at the moment, I would say there is a, an interesting song which is Rise Like a Phoenix, which is a, maybe already a thing which will be more in focus in January. Oh, very good. Kickstart the year and, and rise like a phoenix, like it, like it. Dawn, what would you sing? Very clearly, this is me from The Greatest Showman. Ah, bringing yourself onto the stage, you are who you are. I am who I am, exactly. <laughs> and Ray? I'm a big ABBA fan and a big Mamma Mia fan, so it's going to have to be Mamma Mia. Oh, <laughs> one of my favourites. And will often get me looking a bit bad on the dance floor as well when that comes. <laughs> I will tell, I'll tell you that for definite. Oh, well, thank, thank you very much, everybody, for, for your answers there. And now moving on to uh, more SAP-related matters. Our member survey towards the end of 2020 showed a rise in the number of organisations using or actually planning to use S4HANA up at 75 percent and a rise in the number of organizations currently using s4 hana again moving up from 2019 uh, from 10 percent to 16 percent in 2020 so we're definitely seeing a progression towards s4 hana amongst our membership and the sap customer base 
the extended maintenance deadline announced in February of last year by SAP for Business Suite 7 or ECC6 customers from 2025 until 2027 has also been welcomed by customers and we saw positive reflection of that in our membership base, which provides them with more time to move to S4. And then, of course, that was in February, wham, bam, in March, we had the pandemic to think about uh, that, that started affecting everybody across the globe. And, you know, that's also put a pause on a number of projects in uh, our member organisations and many customer organisations with 30% of our members saying it's actually delayed their journey to S4 or will delay their journey. So a, a question to, to you to start with, Oliver, if I may, uh, what volume of customers is SAP seeing move to S4 currently? Yeah, thanks, Craig, for the question. I mean, uh, 2020 was... As you stated, a year where we saw great momentum, we saw great adoption on a global scale. So the official number which we shared at the end of the quarter three was that we achieved more than 15,000 customers on S4. Um, and out of these 15,100, um, more than 8,100 were live already. So I would say a pretty good adoption rate there. Um, interestingly, also that from the I mean, quarter by quarter, we are like getting around 500 customers. If you dig a little bit more into the numbers, you see that around 45%, at least in quarter three, were net new customers. So it's not just the install base which is moving. We also see um, adoption of, of new customers, also customers which before were maybe not in the sweet spot of SAP, also smaller customers, uh, customers which start internet businesses. So um, that's what we saw, and I'm very confident that this will also continue. I mean, quarter four is closed, but we don't have the final numbers. But I think you can predict that the number will be pretty similar, uh, which we will report then for quarter four, 2020. Okay. Oh, thank you. And, and Ray, how, how is that reflected in the UK and Ireland specifically? Um, so in the UK and Ireland, I would, uh, I think it's fair to say that, um, you know, the momentum is uh, still gradual, but, um, and the impact of the pandemic did slow down um, customers' adoption. So many customers had pro projects and programs planned that they then kind of stalled because of the uncertainty as to what they needed to have ready for from a pandemic perspective. Um, but uh, what was really interesting in 2020 was we have had a lot of engagement and conversation and traction with customers exploring and, you know, in the discovery phase of what it actually means to safely land um, S4. And uh, from that perspective, um, I think, you know, that's going to give us the momentum that we need um, as we go into uh, 2021. Um, what you said earlier, Craig, about you know the delay till 2027, I see that as a positive impact <clears throat> to customers because customers are using the extra time to do some of the preparation activities and uh, secure their adoption so um, it, with as much ease as possible. So you know it's all going in the right direction. Um, it was a little bit um, hit by the pandemic, but uh, definitely a lot of traction and conversation. Happening. So look forward to seeing a lot of momentum in 2021. 
Oh, excellent. Thanks. And just a point on, on what, what you mentioned there, Oliver, around uh, SAP getting newer customers that perhaps SAP wasn't in the sweet spot for. So is, that, is this attracting, uh, are you seeing this for customers in uh, kind of new industry or new sizes, markets? Uh, from the industry, I would not see really a change. I mean, it's an industry where we, where we had been already strong in the past, for example, consumer, but also retail, where um, S4 comes with um, either like pre-built functionality or best practices embedded and where we have portfolio of surrounding industry capabilities there. I would say it's more changed in the industries that some industries also related to COVID um, are maybe yeah pretty much not impacted. I mean, like pharma conferences, which we saw a lot of adoption in the pharma space because these customers definitely need they have a launches which others industry do not have it's not driven by by us it's more driven by what happens in the industry um on the segments i would say it's more we, we saw also adoptions by customers which are smaller in size maybe starting their 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 business journey in a, or in a still in an earlier phase and they started to adopt s4 because they also see it as a platform where they can grow over time uh, when they get from a, let's say, from a more mid-sized business to really a big business. That is something which we didn't have that much in the past. Ah, thank you. Thank you. And, and Red, you, you mentioned uh, when, when you talked about the UK and Ireland, the a positive number of customers in the discovery phase. What, what does that mean? What is the discovery phase? Um, so the discovery phase is an opportunity for customers to um, learn more insights about the capability of SAP S4 HANA and how that compares to improvements, optimizations and simplifications that have come from ECC. So it helps to start um, identifying the key business outcomes and uh, value drivers that a customer can gain from the move to SAP S4 HANA. Um, and this then um, allows them to build the business case that they can then take to their organizations. But another critical part of the discovery is almost uh, looking inwards a little bit at organizations. So evaluating their current ECC systems, looking at where there's opportunities to remove redundancies. Um, you know, lots of customers over, especially long-term SAP customers have over the years uh, put a lot of uh, sticky tape and plaster over things and lots of uh, customizations. And now it's an opportunity to really look inwards and see, okay, you know, just answer honestly, okay, what can we do without and what can we actually get rid of? And without the fear that, oh, well, we have to do this, but it gives them the time to kind of have that exploration. Um, so those are some of the things. The other aspect of um, the discovery, which is quite key, is around data and looking at what needs to be done in terms of getting the data, so to say, S4 ready. Uh, but more than that, also, I maybe should not be saying this, but cleaning up some of the mess that has actually been created, you know, over the years and, and the kind of streamlining that. So that's a good opportunity. And lastly, I, the, one of the things that um, I think is quite important from a move to SAP S4 HANA, it is an evolution. It's a, it's a massive opportunity to customers to really um, run their business operations slightly differently, especially from the user experience.
difference and you know some of the simplification that's uh, from, from that perspective and that's quite scary for many customers um, so the discovery with demos and discussions and you know exposure to what SAP S4HANA does allows customers to really identify you know their change impact um, elements as well so I think you know there's a lot of those things that will ultimately make the landing to S4 successful so there's you know those are just to mention a few things that we have as part of the move program oh, thank you and yeah it's certainly interesting that the, the the scope of that and I think two two probably key points you brought up there that we've seen when we've been uh, running events and talking to members around you know the concern about the customizations and and how does that fare when when moving to s4 and definitely the data I think it's a, a great opportunity for customers to really look and if you like improve their data and make sure that that the data is clean and ready to move to to the new system and when doing that I suppose it, it's an interesting point as one part of the journey and then another part you know perhaps like, like you say in the discovery and the planning forward is which flavor uh, of S4 are you going for? We, we know we hear about on-premise, we hear about cloud, we talk here greenfield, brownfield, et cetera, et cetera. And, and Oliver, which flavors seem to be most popular with customers? I mean, first of all, we see all flavors. I mean, that's, I think, uh, maybe a <laughs> statement to make at the beginning. Um, obviously, on-premise is still where a lot of customers have been in the past and also are moving to. Um, however, we see the strongest growth we see in clouds, and this includes both private and public cloud. Um, we see that, and COVID has accelerated that there is a, uh, customers are now more going to adopt standardized processes, um, best practices which come, which are built into the system instead of building it on top of the system like it has been done in the past. Um, it's, it's the typical compromise that you have to do. To what extent do you really support your individual lines of business, your individual countries? And um, I mean, definitely COVID is accelerating uh, within, within our customer community this, um, this, this, this statement or this, this path to go, okay, let's focus on really get the, the, the core businesses as standardized as possible, also see what we can adopt from a cloud and then do whatever we need to do to differentiate ourselves um, outside of the core system to keep uh, the flexibility to innovate more more agile outside but the core they want to be clean so that's that can be done it can obviously be done both on on-premise and cloud but it allows you it allows customers already to adopt um, cloud ERP out of the box which I think 10 years ago was just not feasible for it was maybe feasible in finance in HR but not in logistics and we see that this is now happening more and more um, that's in general, if you look at the big numbers, on-premise is definitely number one there. We see a combination of greenfield and brownfield. Um, the net news are obviously going a greenfield approach, that's clear. Um, on the install base, we, I would say it's a mixed bag. Um, it depends a little bit on the, on the, on the pace the customers have. Because um, obviously, if you greenfield takes, takes much longer, it's, it's a longer time to get the values back. Uh, Brownfield seems to be more attractive also from a business case, from a, from a path to value. However, um, it requires then you, you do have to adopt the business processes and the new business process at some point in time. So um, I think it's not an easy question to answer, but we can definitely say every, every customer situation, every customer starting point is different. 
That's why we see this different um, landscapes and this different paths. I think the key statement, at least from my point, would be that we, we support all these journeys. Um, we provide the flexibility. Our customers can adopt a standardized uh, public cloud um, out-of-the-box process um, system, but can also uh, go in a more tailored way, uh, either in a greenfield and brownfield. Everything will be supported also in the next years. There is no change in that direction. Yeah, thank you. And, and is that a, a similar case purely in the UK and Ireland market, Ray? Yeah, I would say it's similar. And I would say, uh, add to that, that I think um, if a customer has already um, got a very clear cloud um, strategy and uh, way forward, then um, cloud becomes almost the default that they're looking at. And then it comes down to the question of how much of control they want to still maintain um, and how much of their current uh, SAP assets um, are possible within that cloud environment that you know they they willing or they willing to kind of forego off. So those are the, uh, the two things to consider. Um, I think when it comes to greenfield and brownfield, uh, there is a general assumption that greenfield is longer and scary scarier than brownfield but it depends really on the customer situation because it could be the other way around depending on the number of customizations that are also coming across and we see you know there, there being some complexities from that as well if, even in the uk with customers in terms of their adoption where lots of customizations have actually slowed down the brownfield approach so as per oliver you know i think it all depends on um hand on heart, um, how a customer is looking to move forward with uh, standardized processes and, you know, their cloud readiness uh, strategy, and that that will kind of really help them define uh, which way is the right way to go. Thank you. And Trish, from uh, the, the user group perspective, and obviously your dealings with, with customers uh, within the special interest group, are, are you seeing anything different to that at all? No, um, and it's quite funny with the terminology. I think there's there's a new one now, isn't there? Blue field as well. Um, so I think there's blue, brown, green. And <laughs> I think I think there is such a mix and such a um, as you say, everybody's journey is different, and we all like to think um, we're special in some way. We're not really in the big picture, but we all have a very different approach. Um, and I think as much as we try to standardize, it's never possible. Um, so I think from what I'm hearing in the S4 community is you have to go and look for yourself. So I think that's the, the clearest mm -hmm. answer. Thank you. Yes, a, almost a veritable project uh, rainbow there uh, of different colours. So, and obviously the bonus of, of today uh, is we, we have Dawn with us, who uh, with, with Shoesmiths has gone on the journey to uh, S4. So we, without getting too personal, Dawn, uh, how was it for you? So being an early adopter of S4, um, we obviously found some bumps in the road. Um, we um, decided to um, go with a partner um, and as we worked through this initially, um, it became clear that because we were an early adopter, um, neither SAP or, or the partner had masses of skills in that area. Um, S4 was relatively new um, and people were learning on the job. So we made the decision to 
to supplement our own internal resource with some contractors, um, particularly within the programming area. Um, and we use them to help us to push the um, migration through. Um, I think it's important to add, as I already have, that we've, we've quite got quite a lot of bespoke code. So a lot of the work that they did was to push that um, bespoke code through the migration process. Um, we used our partner where they had really good skills, which was mainly in the basis arena. Um, and we um, eventually managed to go live, um, but chose to go live with the same look and feel as old style SAP. So not fully utilising the new functionality when we went live. Clearly, we got some benefits, and um, particularly the speed was was incredible. Um, but um, it was less of an impact for the user. What we've then subsequently done, we've had the opportunity to then build on the new functionality and deliver that. Um, we recently recently went live with the Fury dashboard, um, which everybody loves. Um, so yeah, it was a tricky process, but. Um, it was literally just a migration um, which um, got us to S4 really early um, and now we're reaping the benefits of that. Ah, thank you. And, and that's quite interesting that obviously you chose to go live with, uh, I, I suppose, the, 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 the technical uh, upgrade, so to speak, with, but utilising the, uh, the same GUI uh, before you're moving to uh, Fiori and, and the new style uh, of, of user interface. Was there any impact internally on that from, from if you like, that technical upgrade with, with the same look and feel? How, how did the users feel about that? Um, because of the way we, we were going live, which was obviously um, we went to S4 um, because of a license issue. So, um, so we had to try and make this as simple for them as we could. And we also had mm -hmm. to do it fairly quickly. Um, so Fury is Fury um, dashboard of the, the tiles is a massive change for look and feel. Um, and we felt at the time that just going with the, the same GUI, obviously buttons have moved and it, it does look different. Um, but um, it was the simplest way to get it over the line as quickly as we could. Now, in hindsight, actually, going having been to the Fury tiles recently, I don't think it probably would have been the uphill battle that we thought it would be. But actually, um, we are where we are now, where we've now got the Fury tiles working. Mm -hmm. And uh, I suppose, was it a big wow moment for, for everybody internally when, when you switched over to the new interface? Oh, it really was. We were still using a really old uh, WebDinPro Web GUI that um, you know was really outdated. Um, so going to the tiles has, has really been a eureka moment for everybody. Uh, it looks nice. It looks sleek. It looks you know newer, um, and they can still do what they want. The fact they can also choose what they have on the screen is is brilliant because a lot of them don't use SAP very much, so they can just have the four or five tiles that they need. Oh, great. Was, is user adoption being, being good for, for you to choose Yes. This? So we, we, what we did with this was we went with um, a handful of pilot users. Um, we then gave everyone a choice. So we put it out there and people could choose to use it. And then about two or three weeks later, we went big bang. Um, we clearly missed month end and all those important dates um, so that people got used to it. But actually, uh, the morning it went live, um, we've never looked back and actually nobody's really come back and gone, please can I go back to the old style? So clearly oh. they like it. 
<laughs> oh, excellent. Well, well, thank you very much for that, Dawn. And, you know, I think what we will do now, we'll, we'll pause the conversation and, uh, you know, to, to end this episode, as I think we're, we're up on our time now, and we'll look to come back in the second part to continue our, our discussions around the journey to S4 HANA. So thank you, Dawn. Thank you uh, to all of our other guests uh, today on, on, on our pod. And thank you for listening. Uh, so please do come back and listen to episode two uh, of this one. And uh, if you'd like further information on the use group, please do visit our website at www.sapusers.org. And until the next time, stay safe, stay positive and keep washing your hands.